Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where all the world's a stage, and we're here talking into a microphone. I'm Meredith. I'm Tara. I'm Susan. And I'm Jeanette. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. (laughs) So, I would ask how you're doing, but I can see all of your smiling faces because you're sitting at my dining room table. Time. Yes. We're all four recording in the same location. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm in mountain time. <laughs> we you, forgive you. But you're here. You are here. <laughs> Even though it's like 6 a.m. in your brain, you're still here. Yes, it is. <laughs> I've had like a cup of coffee and I've been productive. Not really. I usually wake up like 10 minutes before we, we like meet up. <laughs> so, same. <laughs> but it's super exciting for why we're all together. Yes. Yep, that's true. And that is because it is our 10 year in real life eclectic reader book club reunion. That yeah. is true. Yes. 10 years yes. is a long time. 10 years is a long time. I mean, it is. some book clubs kind of fizzle out after a year and. It's hard to keep yeah. it up, especially for, like, all across the country. Right. Right. And not us. I know, right? <laughs> well, not only are we not, are we all across the country, but we're all across the country. We've all moved at least once during that time period. We've all... A lot. Four times. I believe. But who's counting? Um, you know. I know. You know, we've gotten married. We've had babies. We've had pets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fur, fur, fur moms and fur dads I, I, are totally unacceptable. I'm counting. <laughs> no, we had a lot of life events throughout these 10 yeah, years. Yeah. So it's been pretty incredible. I think it's nice to have a constant. This is our constant. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. true. Good job, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're having a fun-filled bookish weekend, and it's going to continue even after we record this. We have a little yes. more time together. Yes. Yep. yep, I'm excited. So, question is, and one thing we haven't talked about this weekend what are you guys reading right now? You want to start, Susan? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been kind of, I don't want to say book slump because I have been reading. But it's usually like in spurts because, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. God forbid I can like read an hour straight. Um, <laughs> that is too much to ask. I know. But then also, like, I have a buddy read. I'm reading a dense fiction. I'm reading a nonfiction, and mm. I don't. I feel like that's not the best combination mm. <laughs> to yeah, read a no. book. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still reading those books. It's just taking me a long time. Yeah. Well, some um, books just don't work well together. Yeah. So I'm reading those, but I'm also reading Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've definitely heard of yeah, that one. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Like it, it. Like it's not just like a little bookstore, but this guy like doesn't have a job. Finds this bookstore, it's a 24-hour bookstore, but it's more like a library, and these special books in the Wayback Stacks is, like, in code, and these people come in, like, picking out different mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. and, like, it's like, wh- why are these people checking out these books? Like, it becomes, like, a mystery. Yeah. Ooh, I read that so. a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think I read that for one of our Mad Libs challenges, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's good. And mm. then um, I'm reading Ender Shadow for my yes. audiobook. Nice. Yeah. I still haven't read that one. Uh, it's my favorite one in the series, Ender Shadow. I Is think. that the one that follows Bean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's a really good series. Yeah. Yeah. It gets philosophical slash high sci-fi later on in the series. It, no, it, Orson Scott Card gets philosophical. So it's, oh. <laughs> it's a little weird. So unusual. But, like, between Ender's Game and Ender Shadow, Ender Shadow's my favorite. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's a common theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what am I reading? Yes. Uh, um, okay. So I am working on, not to steal Jeanette's thunder. Sorry, Jeanette. Um, <laughs> I am working on a Sky Without Stars uh, by Jessica Brody um, and Joan Rendell. I don't think so. It's it's Joanne Joanne or Joan. Okay, Joanne Joanne Rendell. Sorry, Joanne. Um, Which is lame is in space. That is just fascinating. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. And I'm finally jumping on the Bells bandwagon. So y'all have been talking about it for like long enough. Mm -hmm. I've I've downloaded it. It, it, It's happening. This is my next read. Um, So I am nervous because of all the hype. Right, yeah. I hope we didn't overhype it. But mm-hmm. also, if you want to get an idea if you'll like it, mm-hmm. listen to the podcast interview that Jeanette and I did with the author. How spoilery is it? I've been avoiding it it's, because it's, I was worried it was going to be spoilery. It's not very spoilery. Okay. It's, we, it talks a lot about the world building she sets up in the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might want to read a few pages, kind of get a a taste for the world but, building. But it's not like going to... But it's not no going to tell you the plot points. Or anything. points. Uh, no. I don't care about that. World yeah. building's great. I'm happy to yeah. listen to how <laughs> any author world builds for forever. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to finally get into that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mare? Well, speaking of trying to not get in a book slump, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. it's been tough. Uh, and, and it was because I was reading The Stone Sky, which I loved, but it's just dense and it was taking me a long time to get through uh so i did finish it and i think we had said it's i it was a satisfying ending Mm -hmm. yes uh so i'm glad that i finished it but now what i'm reading is with the fire on high by elizabeth acevedo which we brought her up last month in the poetry talk because she is a slam poet so her first book the poet x is in verse this is her second book that just came out a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It is not in verse. It mm-hmm. is just a book. Oh. But you follow um, a teenager who's a senior in high school named Amani. She got pregnant in her freshman year of high school. So you're following her as she's raising her child, living with her grandmother, trying to get through her senior year. And she is a super talented cook. Like, she really has a gift. And so she's trying to figure out what to do with her life. Does she try to go to college? Does she go to culinary school? The charter school she goes to just opened up a cooking class that year. So she's taking that and, like, actually learning what you what you need to do to be able to work in the industry. I have heard just nothing but amazing things about this book. Yeah. And the cover is is gorgeous. Oh, so sumptuous. Yes. Just want to bite into it. I um I read a couple of preview chapters and um I thought like from the preview chapters I read she has like recipes and stuff. There's a there. few like sprinkled in. Yeah, yeah, so I thought the the structure looks really cool too. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's an event for that. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. love to eat and drink. <laughs> we do. Do we? <laughs> yeah. So that's really the only new thing that I can talk about since we last recorded because the stone sky took over my life. Yeah, that, that, that is a happy. Fair. That is a happy thing, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. That's a good series to allow it. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. over. I've been saving it for the summer, so now that it's you a know, good time to read. Now the school year is over. Like I can, you'll have focus time on to a really, dense yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So right now, I'm working on a sky with on sky without stars by Je- Jessica Brody and Joanne Prendel. Mm-hmm. Like Tara is. That's Sorry. one of our. <laughs> it's okay. 
It's one of our YA book club picks, so mm -hmm. I'm super excited about it. Les Miserables uh, took over a year of my life in high school, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I feel like I have a really strong connection to like this world that I haven't read yet. <laughs> um, but I'm liking all these in-space books. I know! <laughs> this is a great trend. I love sci-fi. Um, I also just finished The Universal Laws of Marco by Carmen Rodriguez, whom you might remember from our Nova Teen interview a couple months ago. Yeah. So her book is about this... Um, guy named Marco. His middle school girlfriend moved away amidst like tons of family drama. And not just her family drama, but his family drama mm -hmm. and their like group of friends. But then she mysteriously returns near the end of senior year. Like her friend, like they haven't heard from her in years. They don't know what she's doing back in town. And they're like, do we want to be friends with her? Because she just kind of disappeared off the map and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, he's got a kind of, he's got a girlfriend now. He's got his, le the next couple of years of his life planned out. And he's like, do we let her in? She was like my best friend friend, and my girlfriend. Like, do I let her in? He's got to figure it out. It's just so moving and relatable. It takes place in South Florida. So, oh. you South Florida. Wait, what, what, what? Wait, wait, city? I need a city. Miami. Oh, it takes place in Miami? Yeah. Yes. So I was like, <laughs> there was a Publix name drop in there. I was like, yes! Publix! There we go. always thrilled when I see Publix <laughs> in a book. All right, you all so know we sad. all lived at some point in Florida, Florida because right. this is this is the reaction you're yes. getting. So none of us live there now, but no, yeah. know Publix is just yes. like oh, Publix. It is a unifying Publix, thing about the, Floridians. The universal yes. grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> How so, all grocery stores. If you're should be. South Floridian, there you go. Um, <laughs> I also just finished Will and Wit by Laura Lee Gulledge, which is a graphic novel about a girl coping with grief and anxiety through artistic expression. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cute. I met the artist at Awesome Con a couple of times, and I was like, this will be cute. And I like, hit me harder than expected. I was like, <sighs> tears Okay, I'm like, I feel like you're pointing at me, Miss Gulledge, like, back up. But <laughs> I really liked it. So, moving on. We're recording this on June 23rd at our reunion. You're hearing it on July 15th, which, according to the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter, <laughs> meant, means that you had a great time participating in the readathon next weekend. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> it was so awesome. Oh, my God. We just know it's going to be great. Yes. yes. <laughs> she did not tell us who won, because you know how Agnes Nutter is. She's not always specific. But she did tell us it was one of our amazing Goodreads participants. So thanks so much for getting on Goodreads, posting your your check-ins, your pictures. We appreciate it. Congratulations to our winners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of Agnes Nutter, Good Omens miniseries came out Amazon Prime recently. Yes, not Netflix. No, on Amazon not, Prime. not on Netflix. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. You guys have. How is it? Anything great? Any highlights? Oh, anything you need to warn me about? My it's... ineffable husbands are amazing and awesome, <laughs> and you should love them forever. It is one of the most uh, spot-on um, adaptations yeah. I have seen in a very long time. True to the heart of it. Yes. Like, yes. Really true to the heart. They make really changes, get it. but yeah. true to the heart. Mm -hmm. Changes are fine, but definitely yeah. the heart, the yeah. feel exactly. of the yeah. whole thing needs to be there. And, and they definitely got that. We're, we're here for a Zarephale answer. <laughs> totally. Oh, I'm so happy about that. I think yeah. it was the beginning of like episode three. Like episode three. Yeah. Uh, the cold you, you, opening for episode three is 30 minutes long. Yes, and it's it the best is. thing that ever happened. It's, so look forward to episode yes. three. Yeah. It's Aziraphale and Crowley 
Crowley yes. through the ages. Okay. Which How is all they like became friends. It's all right. I ever wanted. I know. <laughs> it's like Neil Gaiman heard what everybody wanted on Twitter and went, I can give you that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can just do that for I you. I got six hours to film. No, no problem. <laughs> and I mean, that's so nice about Gaiman too. He really knows his fans. He oh, really no, knows yeah. like the people who follow him and like yeah. he understands them, I feel like. He does. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh God, no. His entire interaction since the miniseries came out on yep. Twitter with everybody is just gold. Every it day is. there's a new like Mary Sue or io9 article or something about something awesome Gaiman just did. I'm just like, <laughs> God, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> love you so much. Yep. So it's... You should check it out. Oh, You're on yes. summer break. <laughs> this is these like, you know, the Broken Earth trilogy, yep. Good Omens. These are things I do on daycare days. I'm sta- yep. stacking mm. them up because I have a whole summer full of you know daycare days. Don't get too <laughs> overwhelmed though, because sometimes I feel like if there's too much to do, I'm like mm-hmm. s- you know scattered and like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll make it. I don't know how, but I'll do it. Just look at a David Tennant's weird snake eyes and you'll be fine. Those eyes were amazing. Okay. They yeah. were great. No, they, they were, were so amazing. Snake eyes sounds creepy. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. You kind of get used to them. You do. <laughs> he wears sunglasses a lot. Yeah. There was one point where I, I turned to my husband and I was like, at, at one point in the time period, I think he was in the 70s, I was like, David Tennant looks a lot like Bill Nye right now. <laughs> Oh, I see that. Yeah, that. Right. Can can I give a low key shout out though to the guy who plays the the people who play uh, Gabriel and Michael though? Yes. How great were the other angels? John Ham. John Ham as Gabriel was just. "Mm." Especially the last episode. Yes. And so that was a big change from the book, but I really enjoyed getting to see more of. Heaven, heaven and hell, and hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. interactions yes. and stuff. That but I heard, like, what? I had heard that in advance, so I wasn't mm-hmm. worried about that. I heard that, like, Gaiman was going to, like, add in more stuff for the other angels specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's why they got a big name. Yeah. Right. Like John yeah. Ham. Like, oh, Gabriel. Extra Gabriel was great. Extra Gabriel yeah. was great. Yep. And I really like the girl who got to play Michael. I like yes. that they had Michael mm-hmm. as a girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was like, it just really reinforces, like, these are angelic beings these yeah. are not gendered you can't yes. really think about them the same way right exactly um, which gavin had a great twitter interaction oh did he yeah where he, <laughs> somebody was just like so they're gay right like oh, somebody just geez. like straight out asked so 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 they're gay and he's like they're an angel and a demon you can't really like they're not that's a yeah, human yeah. term he goes okay fine they're in love, though, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, they're definitely in love. <laughs> That's all that really matters That's all to that me. matters. He's like, you can't put a human word on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> so there's there's our fangirling. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Segment. <laughs> there's my wreck for the summer. Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, then we're moving from TV to plays. We're mo- going to the theater, guys, because we talked about importance of being earnest this month and i want to know how do you feel about the theater i love it what yeah, yeah. i love it what i don't weird... go as often as i would love to yeah i have a subscription so. i come up i come up i'm in dc right now i, yeah. I come into dc specifically to see specific plays i mean i, I think <laughs> i'm going to new york this summer to see Broadway. i i think like when it comes to theater i'm pretty I, yeah we'll say i like it like yeah. it's good yeah yeah, I yeah. mean, like, just, there's something about it. Anything um, at the latest Tony's James Corden was hosting, I love that song. that song. I feel so much about yes. that song. 
Yes, about like it's just it's not the same on TV with live theater. Right. Like you get mm-hmm. to be part of it and like feel the energy and like oh, I totally agree there's with a that. give take mm-hmm. in theater where yeah. like you really are giving to the yep. actors and they are taking from you your excitement and there it's yep. just so mm-hmm. yeah that you have um, to feel live yeah. Sure. yeah and then you can see the same play that's a different sure. production with different directors and actors yes. and it's never going to be the same yep. right you know and and it's always interesting to see the different takes that directors take mm-hmm. especially with because we see a lot of shakespeare mm-hmm. and you think you know what you're going to get and they always end up surprising us i feel <laughs> you know they with the set design or the costumes or whatever time period they decide to put it in location wise i mean 12th night with a lost twist that yes. was great. That's interesting. That was yeah. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, yeah, instead of a shipwreck, it was an, Air, uh, an airplane, airplane crash. crash. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That was a really okay. good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are some other productions that you've enjoyed? You brought up Twelfth Night with a Lost. <laughs> so this one's a lot more sentimental, but like, so my daughter, she's... Five and a half. <laughs> you right. got to put that half in there, man. I know. It's important. So we took her for her first, fourth birthday to see Frozen the musical because they were basically showing it that's the off-Broadway production they were showing it in Mm -hmm. Denver before they brought it to Broadway and we got to go see it she still talks about it Aww. Oh wow! Yeah, so those sweet. kids forget things. Yeah, pretty fast. She she still talks about like yeah, I went to see Frozen musical and I want to go see it again. And it's like okay, <laughs> like so it's been a year and a half, you know, and yeah. like that still sticks to her mind. Mm-hmm. So like that that really sticks out to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially in musicals, musicals mm-hmm. have these magical moments mm-hmm. where like you're just like. I remember when the first place I ever saw when I was a kid was Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that moment, the, sh- the the chandelier is down there, <laughs> and it's all it looks all gross, and he's walking around, and he finds the little thing, and then all of a sudden the stage comes back to life, and the and the chandelier. I think I'm like in the sixth row. The chandelier like swoops over my head and up, and everything goes bright, and all of a sudden there's dancers on the stage, and I'm like, little <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> me was yeah. mystified that this yeah. happened. Meanwhile, my sister, who's three, like cried because right. she thought the chandelier. She thought yeah. the chandelier was going to kill her, but I thought I thought it was magical. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in the theater. I did mm-hmm. community theater and acting and all that, so it's just always been a part of me, I guess. Yeah. Um, and growing up, I'm trying to think, like some of the different productions, it was very cool. In high school, we got to go for a chorus trip to New York City. Nice. And we got to see Thoroughly Modern Millie Aww. with, um, oh my gosh, I am blinking on her name. She Burnett. got, what? Burnett? Was it Burnett? No, I don't know. Oh, um, gosh. Oh, well, I can't remember. But she, like, she was winning all of the Tonys. She, like, really made her name with that. Yeah. And so it's cool that I got to see her. That's cool. That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, another... And I know this is a controversial one, but another just amazing production that Tara and I were lucky enough to see was when we went to London to see The Cursed Child. It's so good. I don't care that it's controversial. It's magical. If all you did was read the play and didn't watch and didn't watch the play, it's just a totally different experience. Well, and I wonder too because we saw the play before the script book was released. Mm-hmm. And did I, that make a difference? Oh, one hundred percent. And I warned everybody. Like, I, I feel Just, like, like I don't literally was like, book. do not <laughs> yeah. read the script book. Please don't read the script book. Um, you know, there are plays, in my opinion, that are meant to be 
all plays are meant to be watched, right? right all right. of them, period. Of course. But then there are plays that the the playwright thought someone might read this in the future and decided to make a playbook that was readable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the Cursed Child is not that. No. no. The Cursed Child is not a readable playbook. It does not give you stage direction. It doesn't give you yeah. atmosphere. It doesn't give you anything. Unlike we read um, Arcadia yeah. by yeah. Tom Stoppard for, for ER. Um, and that was a great very readable, detailed. very detailed. Yeah. Like, they're in this room, and in this room, there mm-hmm. are four paintings. Like, literally that amount of detail. Very atmospheric. And it's almost like a book at that point. Yeah. Um, so you've got to... Be cognizant of what you're reading yeah. when you're reading. I agree with you. It's like, um, and same with musicals. Like, I feel like people are like, well, why didn't you like it? I'm like, I'm not saying I didn't like it. There's like, for me, there's a difference between I love it and I like it. Because mm-hmm. um, the songs, because they're very prominent in musicals, with the songs, if it's only really impressive on stage, mm-hmm. Then it's like, because to me, Wicked is like that. Like, mm. I'm only kind of, I'm okay with the songs, but it looks fantastic on stage. Yeah. But then there's songs like Miss Saigon, which is one of my favorite musicals, and Le Mis, like, that mm-hmm. stands the test of time away from the stage. Interesting. You know? It's like, to me, those are amazing musicals. Mm. So, like, I feel the same way. Like, plays same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard. And, and I, I guess I love the Wicked series, so, like... Right, but there's definitely musicals I can think of where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh man, like I saw in New York, and not New York, in London, I saw a, a not a Broadway version. What is the London version of Broadway? Boston. Like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> like, it's like totally blanking on me. Um, oh shoot, that movie about the three witches and the devil comes and th- he tries to get the witches to do stuff. Uh, the witches of East Eastwick. East, East, oh, yeah, okay, the, okay. the witches. Yeah, remember yes, that movie? They did. They did a musical version of it called The Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a version with Lucille Ball's daughter in, in one of the roles, and it was amazing. But really, when I came back to the states and I reviewed like the music, not as good as I right. felt being there being was, and true. it never made its way to Broadway. And I was right. like, I understand mm-hmm. why that is. Right, <laughs> that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So, do you ever read? the plays, like, before or after you see them? Like, if you know, like, you're going to go see, for example, you're going to go see Shakespeare. you ever, like, revisit the play before you go see it? Well, something we used to do a little bit, right, <laughs> uh, with our Shakespeare plays is we would have something called Brunch with the Bard. You see how I set you up for that? Oh, um, yeah. I love talking about <laughs> Brunch with the Bard. Anytime <laughs> they let it bring be it smooth. Up. Yeah, exactly. Because if, especially if it's a Shakespeare play you are not familiar with, right. Right. it is nice to go in with a little more knowledge to understand what's happening than sitting there like trying to translate everything in your head mm-hmm. as it's happening. Yes. And so, what's the background on Brunch with the Bard? Oh, okay. So, so Jeanette and I. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jeanette and I were at the movies. We are seeing Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing. Yes. And we happen to know for a fact the reason why this came movie about. came about was yeah. because he used to do brunch with a bunch of his friends, uh, actor friends, and they would read out Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And so Tara's telling me the story. I didn't know this story. And she's telling me all about this. And she's like, this is how this came about because we talked about how good the movie was. And we're in the car, like driving back to Tara's house, and she's telling me the story. And I look at her, I'm like, we should do that. We could do that. Yeah, why can't we do that? We've got a bunch of nerd friends. They'll totally do it. And Tara's like, 
I would love to do that. Let's do that. <laughs> and so we did that. And we did. And to that. <laughs> yeah, so we did that for we did that for about a year, I wanna say. We every year or month two. or two, yeah, we would get together and it was usually we tried to line it up if we were gonna see the Shakespearean play mm-hmm. at Shakespeare Theatre Company. We try and line that up, but we did some good ones. And it was yeah. a lot of fun. We split up the parts between everybody. I had color coded spreadsheets. Yes. Yeah, I had to bring that up. Man, I love you, Jeanette. <laughs> it was amazing, but it was so helpful because we're like, well, we really want to cut down on people talking to themselves because we'd have to play multiple right. roles. Right. Yeah. And oh, so she's true. like, I got this. Here's I was like, my spreadsheet. I, I'm like, I spreadsheet. I would do a spreadsheet of the entire play. I'd be like, okay, you will only talk to yourself once. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, plays are meant to be heard. Even if you yeah, can't exactly. see them. Hearing yeah. the diction, hear pe- hearing how people speak the roles. It's mm-hmm. it's so important, and you just get so much more out of it. Yeah, you it do. Yeah, and you, Especially Shakespeare. And there's a yeah. lot of, like you said, there's a lot of spirit and experience that goes. Because it was legit supposed to be just, you know, a group of friends reading a play, eating brunch, you know, maybe having a mimosa or whatever. And there was a couple of times... One mimosa. Um... <laughs> There were definitely a couple of times, I want to say, in, it might have been, was it Julius Caesar? I don't remember. It was something. But all of a sudden, like, one of us, like, whips out, like, one of our little plastic knives that we're using for brunch. We're like, okay, we're going to have, like, a plastic knife sword fight right now. Uh, might have been Twelfth Night, actually. That's adorable. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Twelfth Night makes sense. Yeah. I think I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Goodness. it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah. And I don't know if I can blame this on, like, being a theater kid or not, but the the first draft that I'm working on for my novel, when I first started this during NaNo last year, I was going back and reading, you know, some of the chapters I'd written, and I was like, this is all dialogue. Like, that is <laughs> all it is. And I'm like, is this my, like, theater coming through? Where it's yeah. like, you you read this, the play, and it's really, that's what it is. It it's dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. other than, you know, some stage direction. I'm like... All right, I need to like add some other things in here. <laughs> some yeah. and reaction faces, exactly. and act breaks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Exit oh, stage left. Yeah. <laughs> Pursued by a bear. <laughs> if you didn't say it, I would. <laughs> oh, and I looked it up. Sutton Foster. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I got to see her in, That's in thoroughly modern military. Nice. That's fantastic. Yes, that was her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I can see her face. I mm-hmm. could not remember her name. So thank you, Google. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> not sponsored by Google, but Google, if you want to sponsor us, call us. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, anyways, as we know, we read Ernest. We did. The importance of being Ernest. This is, so this is the first book we read ever. Mm-hmm. Ever for the book club, and uh, it was good then. I feel like it's still good now. <laughs> ten years later, it's it's held up for ten years. <laughs> yes, oh, only ten years. But only yeah, ten you know. years. Stunts job. Oscar Wilde. What? <laughs> um, but it was nice to kind of go back and review because it's been mm-hmm. ten years, and we have some new members that you know right. haven't read it with us. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of good to like come back to it. So why did like how did you end up choosing? The importance of being earnest as the first one because I was not involved yet. Christina chose the book actually. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she wanted to read it, and I think we had tea. 
Yeah, we had iced tea yep. and like cookies or something. Yep. This is when the three of you still lived yeah. in the yes, same place. Yes, we all like a month the before three... you moved or something like uh, that. A couple of months before I moved, yeah, because I moved in August yep. of that of that year. Yep. But yeah, they're you know. They're, yeah, we Christina had, had wanted to start a book club. Christina said she wanted to read The Importance of Being Earnest, yeah. and she okay. and Susan been talking about it, and I think I, like, overheard it, or Susan mentioned it to me one day, and I was like, well, I could do that. I'll come up for a weekend, because I was always going up to Tampa for weekends, because yeah. I lived in South Florida. I was like, well, next time I come up for a weekend, let's do it, and that's what we did. Yep. The three of us, we sat down and yep. started a 10-year journey. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so it was good. It was, like, because I don't read a lot of plays. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned, like, I kind of just like to watch it, right. you mm-hmm. know, more than, like, read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, like, a good good way to start the eclectic readers book club. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a quick summary, um, just in case. Uh, Cecily Cardew and Gwendolyn Fairfax are both in love with the same mythical suitor. Jack Worthing has wooed Gwendolyn as Ernest, while Algernon has also posed as Ernest to win the heart of Jack's ward, Cecily. When all four arrive at Jack's country home on the same weekend, the rivals to fight for Ernest's undivided attention and the Ernest to claim their beloveds, pandemonium breaks loose. Only a distracted nursemaid and an old, discarded handbag can save the day. (laughs) I love the, like, Act 3. No, Act 3 is... Act 3 is... It's so great. It ties the whole thing together. Crazy. So, before we go into discussion discussion, um, what was one thing that stood out to you with this book? I think, for me, it's the fact that this is not even, like, my second time reading it. I've seen it on film at least once or twice. I've seen it in the theater at least once, maybe twice, because I think they did it at UT too. Mm-hmm, they so, did, yeah. so I've seen it at I've seen it at least twice. I read it, you know, ten years ago. I read it when they were doing the Shakespeare Theater Company version a couple of years ago. I've read it now. Who knows if I've read it other than that? Like every single time, it makes me giggle. Like, you would think by now I know the jokes are coming and be like, huh, there's a good one coming. No, I just giggle. I was sitting there in my living room reading it the other day and laughing. And then after I read it this week, I also listened to the audiobook and I was laughing in my car. It's just funny. It's, yes. it's just so good. Mm-hmm. He has a way with words. He definitely. Does. There was so many great one-liners. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I find it so smart. And I agree with you, Matt. Like, I feel like... By now, I should expect that, and it shouldn't be as impressive to me. But, I mean, and maybe, like, maybe I'm a little jaded about Act 2, I think, probably. (laughs) But by the time we get back to Act 3, I'm like, nope, nope, still phenomenal. I don't care. I don't care if I've read this six times already. Phenomenal. This is so good. It really just is. Yep. It really stands the test of time. It does. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's really neat because it's still a, kind of applicable, even though they're talking about arranged marriages and status. That's that's and, the genius of satire. Yeah, mm-hmm. satire mm-hmm. makes it so extreme that it's not it's not just Victorians. You right. know, it's not exactly. just like oh, this is just what this is at this time. It's so extreme that you're like, oh yeah, men totally act. You know, what I mean, yeah. like I, I know a guy like that. Right. I know a guy who Bumbleberries about. <laughs> uh, Bunbury? Oh, sorry. Bunbury is about... Um, I like Bumbleberry. Bumbleberry. <laughs> Bumbleberry. Um, but Bunbury is about... Uh, you know, we all do. And yep. it's, it's... Yeah, it just makes it universal. Yep. It does. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with all of you. Like, it's delightful. 
it's funny, like the characters are great. Um, there's one thing because uh, really looking at it, there's a lot of strong women in this book. Heck yeah! Like <laughs> they're very like headstrong. They have opinions. Mm-hmm. Like they know what they want, and I feel like you don't see a lot of that in the Victoria era women. You know, they just kind of. They're all about finding the husband and doing the wifey stuff. <laughs> right. Like, you know? it's Lady Bracknell, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She, I mean, she is definitely running that. Oh, man. Uh, that Lady runs that Yeah. The part Her interview iron. questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and then when she comes to pick up um, Gwendolyn from yep. Jack's house, mm. and she's like, your father is completely unaware of this. He thinks that you're in an, at an unusually long lecture. Like, let's go. Yeah. Like, she's like, I am taking care of business. Yeah. He doesn't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> she, says, she says something to the effect of, oh, you know, it's the men really need to stay in the house when they get yeah. involved in other things. things. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets messy. Yeah. Yes. Really, the house is the sphere for the man. Yeah. You yes. just need to let, you know, the mother handle this. Right. <laughs> yeah. What it, she says, like, she says, I do not intend to undeceive him. Indeed, I have never undeceived him about anything in marriage or something like that. And I'm like, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, well, unlike Cecily, she's just like a student, you know? You think that yeah. she's just like preparing herself for her husband. And it's like, mm-hmm. she wrote letters to herself, you know? Like, she yeah. has this like idea and fantasy and she is not ashamed about it. And it's like, yeah. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. She has um, a very strong imagination. She's definitely created a world for herself yes. out there. She's very isolated, so she, like, well, I built mean, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Algernon is just, you know, he's a different, you know, story. But, like, he goes, it's like, I already proposed to you? Like, what? <laughs> oh, I wrote yeah. letters to you? Like, what? <laughs> like, how, how dare you break the engagement? Especially when the day was so fine. <laughs> child like I'm glad you have a great imagination like keep that imagination going for the rest of your life I think that's like I think that's an important skill though growing up like I think about that and I think about like myself as a kid you know she's a little older here she's like 18 or something like that but But she goes as 20 when she's at parties oh of course (laughs) well of course you never want to go by your real age so calculating yeah uh but she I think that's all of us. I know we've talked about that as kids. Um, as kids, we have super strong imaginations. That's one of the reasons why we all keep going back to like the Anne of Green Gables mm-hmm. topic because of like, that imaginative little girl mm-hmm. character. That that's who we were. Yeah. But I think though that the reason why Algernon is it, that works on him, right? Because I think ninety percent of people would be not even ninety. Let's go further. Ninety eight percent of people would be like, "This is terrifying. You terrify me. You fool of crazy. I'm out, <laughs> you, girl." Because she's not a kid; she's eighteen. No. Girl, yeah. you fool of crazy. Um, is that Lady Bracknell is his example of a woman? Yeah, Lady Bracknell, yeah. who's probably just lying. All this, like, you know, and getting her way and just creating, similar to what Cecily is doing at a much smaller scale, just literally creating her universe as she sees fit. Right, yeah. Like, no, you're not doing this, you're this. And I don't care if that's what you're doing to Cecily, you are now this. And that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, like Cecily's oh, okay. like, oh, yeah, no, we're married. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're getting engaged. Not Cecily has just created a fictional world, and it's just one step away from, okay, now I'm going to create my social world and my household exactly. world. Mm-hmm. It, it's- <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. So then Gwendolyn is Lady Bracknell's daughter, correct? Yes. 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 So... Because she's cousins with Algernon. Right. Okay. 
how are they similar and different then? Gwendolyn and Cecily or Gwendolyn or Lady Bracknell? Both. Either or. (laughs) I think Gwendolyn growing up as Lady Bracknell's daughter, you definitely see the similarities where she, she is where Cecily is more, you know, I've kind of invented this fictional world for myself that I take charge of. Gwendolyn is actually taking, starting to take charge of her own social world. Right. Her own. She seems pretty assertive. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and she's definitely down yeah. to earth. Yeah, know? I was just going to say it's more down to earth. She's very like no nonsense like Lady right. Bracknell is. And yeah. I feel like Cecily has her head in the clouds. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Gwendolyn's my favorite character. I yeah. just, she's just so, t- like she knows exactly what she's doing. I feel like sometimes the other ones are a little bit just it's happening to them and they're Mm -hmm. reacting to what's happening to them. Whereas I feel like Gwendolyn is like, I have, I have made this come about Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to execute on this thing. And I, I love her. I just love her. I adore her. Well, you know what, with the whole like going along with it, I feel like that's the men more than the women. Mm -hmm. I I I agree. Yeah. Algernon shows up and Cecily's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, she didn't make Algernon show up. Right. You know, he, he just appears, yeah. and then she goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Algernon goes into that situation thinking he's going to stir up some trouble. Trouble. And Cecily's like, great. You're here. It's at last. Yeah. And like, you arrived at my party. And Algernon's like, did I? <laughs> yes, I guess I, I did. did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I feel like the men are more just like, oh yeah, that's that's happening. I do like Jack though. Like he's trying to like take control. I know. I'm gonna ask Gwendolyn to marry me, and mm-hmm. who? I mean, I'm sure he didn't expect the whole twenty questions from Lady Bracknell. <laughs> but shouldn't he have? <laughs> He, he should know her well enough. Well, I, I think he should know society well enough, and that's mm-hmm. I think the difference between Jack and Algernon is um, Algernon like grew up like this. Mm-hmm. He's like. He's like, yes, I can be, like, shallow and artificial all the time because this is, like, the society way. And Mm -hmm. Jack is like, I've got to be very serious because I've got to be very serious and proper for Cecily. And then i got to go to town and be in society. And I think he doesn't – he didn't think about when he went to town, he's got to play by the town rules, Mm -hmm. which means Lady Bracknell is going to come at him if he wants to marry Gwendolyn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Gwendolyn wants to marry me. I want to marry her. Great. Yeah. I have money. That's going to happen. He's, yeah. like, he's, he's, like, he's like, I'm a nice guy. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm playing by the rules, which, you know, probably from his point of view is like, that's what he would want for Cecily. Right. Cecily. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes, plays by the rules. Well, I mean, that makes Algernon. sense. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have the lineage, right? And right. that's what yeah. Lady Bracknell cared about. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, she's like, like, it was important what station he was found in. It's like, <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair. On the bright she... line. The line is not important. <laughs> Be connected with a parcel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's she is great. Like, she is. Yeah. She's a stuffy But she reminds me of um, oh gosh, Maggie Smith's character in Downton Abbey. Oh uh, yes, yes. Right? except like Maggie Lady Smith's Violet. characters. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> slightly more face. Yes, just, just slightly. But, but yeah. she reminds me like they feel like they're made of the same cloth. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So um. Yeah, and talking about these characters, like, they're not... I mean, it's a short play. Yes. It's very not, short. It's not Only very, three acts. Yeah, yeah. It's not very long. And it goes by quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's like you you get a gist of their character, but you don't really, like, know them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not fully well, developed, but it is yeah. Sat- yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. satirical. Yeah. yeah. So. 
But it's like, well, like, how, how were you raised? And Algernon's like, well, why do you think being in debt all the time is okay for you? <laughs> and like, Gwendolyn, why are you, like, so down to earth? Like, I want to know, like, why you think this way? And, I mean, Cecily, yeah. like, clearly she's a ward, like, she had all these things. I'm kind of curious about, um... You wish they were real. <laughs> I don't want to get to, like, know them and be like, what... What goes through your mind? (laughs) I'll tell you one thing, though. Like, the realest, like, association I can make for Jack, he reminds me of... Have you guys seen... You've seen, like, one episode of Coupling. I know that. Yeah, I've seen Coupling. Coupling, Yeah. Yeah, He reminds me of Steve (laughs) from Coupling. Like, Jack? Yes. Hmm. Because he's so, like, bumbling, like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting it, like, completely wrong because Lady Bracknell's coming at me and I, like, him produces a handbag. You know what? I can kind of see that. I just... Like, that is, like, and yeah. I, but that's about the realest person I can associate yeah. with. Which, like, coupling Jack, is not and, a very and real show. And no, it's, a, it's not. And it's a really silly <laughs> British sitcom. It's an amazing yeah. British but sitcom. For those who do not know, coupling is essentially the British version of Friends. Yep. Oh. Pretty much. But a little bit yeah. sillier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little out there. I mean, like, Steve's rants are just gold to me. They are. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's like, it's like kind of like Friends, it's a group of people, whatever. But yep. they, it, it's much sillier, and it's... It's I do think funny. they Bunbury about. They they do. They do Bunbury about. <laughs> They're Bunburyists. They, they I would, are I would call them Bunburyists. Yeah. Have you ever Bunburyed? I don't think I've Bunburyed. I mean, I'm, can I'm, we get a strong definition of <laughs> right, Bunbury? Right, in case people so, haven't read. As yeah. Bunbury is used in the play. Yes. In the play. As, as defined play. by Algernon. Algernon <laughs> has an invalid friend who does not exist named Bunbury. And he uses Bunbury to get out of town whenever he needs to. So... For example, he did not want to dine with his Aunt Agatha, Lady Bracknell, and so he says to her, well, my poor friend Bunbury is ill again. So I, I, the doctors really feel that I need to be with him. So the question is, have you? it should be not just have you Bunburyed, but how far? Because yeah, there, there would be I mean, I've never invented a whole human being. <laughs> that is what I was going to say. Have I been like, oh, yeah. you know, I've got something going on with me now. I, you know, something going on with my husband's shirt. Like, like, I've definitely been like, you know, all I want to do really is sit on the couch right. and watch TV tonight. I'm not going to go out. And I've made up an excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. But have I created a universe where there's a person who's sick and yeah, I've got to go. Backstory. Yeah. Do, it's do, a lot of work. Yeah, that's is. a lot of work. I, and plus, like, you know, <clears throat> number one thing about telling a lie, tell a lie that is believable. Yeah. <laughs> and I have never, I've never Bunburyed. <laughs> I do not think. Yep. Yeah. Can you be your own Bunbury? <laughs> Where mm. you're just like, I don't feel well. Oh, yeah. Even if I've, you just yeah, don't feel like going that great. out. I don't want to go out. Yeah. I don't think that's a Bunbury, though. Well, it's, it's like probably, a, it's I mean, like it's, a bun. About a, it's not a bun. <laughs> it's a bun. It's just. A... <laughs> I feel like it's probably about as close between that or yeah, like using a spouse mm-hmm. as an excuse yeah, or yeah. your kids. Oh, yeah. my kids are sick, or oh, they're yeah. you know mm-hmm. they're you tired. Know, yeah. Late. Oh, they're cheating. <laughs> when there were babies. Yeah. There's I'm... there's always a good excuse with yeah. babies. <laughs> but that's where it, this takes it to the next level with the satire. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, and yeah. it was probably easier to have a bunbury back then. Right. Well, you know, true. Probably right. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'd have to create a fake Facebook profile. <laughs> I would have to be updating it with pictures. I'd, ha- you know, it'd be just it'd be <laughs> so have, like, much work. A picture of like a hospital in your Instagram stories. Oh, yeah, like, no, for, yeah. Checking yeah. in at Inova again. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be such a pain. Yeah. It would be a pain nowadays when if you try to bumbery. Yeah. Because yeah. 
yeah. like, oh yeah, maybe I know that person. Like, let me, what's who, their Facebook who, yeah. account so I can wish them, you know, get well. And <laughs> that name sounds so familiar. Did they go to this high school? Hold on. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I think, I, I think I could say like, I've done the bunburying where it's like, yeah, you know, you know, my kid doesn't feel well or mm-hmm. whatever plans with the husband. You know, I feel like that, that, that's normal. That's normal. Yeah. That's um Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A whole new person, probably less normal. The only okay, the the only time that I kind of actually had a real Bunbury, meaning a fake person, was was I actually thought of one. It was my birthday. I Bunburyed Tara actually. (gasps) Oh my god! It was. Excuse me. (laughs) But you guys, you guys Bunburyed me back. You what? Do you guys remember this? <laughs> what? So a double bunbury? Clearly what not. Happened? I don't know. <laughs> it was my birthday. I was living in South Florida, and you guys had asked me to go up to Tampa for my birthday, and I said I couldn't because my friend Lindsay was coming to town. But really, it was Natalie coming to visit, and I invited you guys down because we wanted to surprise you with Natalie's visit. And you guys told me, okay, like Susan, t- I think, told me she was coming down, but she told me nobody else was available to come. And she came down, and everybody came with her. Like Tara oh, no, I and remember. Christina the, the, and Megan, everybody showed up. The picture of us at the pool hall is from that yes. weekend. Yes, oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So we unburied each other, but for the greater good. Yeah, the greater like, good. Okay, it was. It was like I remember now. I do. And I, we got there. Yes. We were planning to surprise you, and then like yes. Natalie was, was there, there. We yeah, were yeah. surprised. And I said. I yes. totally forgot about that. that. Oh, and I said, I'm sorry, I can't come up to visit because Natalie was planning coming down. Mm-hmm. I, but, and, but I couldn't tell you that Natalie was coming, so I said, my friend Lindsay is coming down. Because I do have a friend, Lindsay, who lives in the D.C. area. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because yeah, I her name. Na- Natalie was already <laughs> back up here by then. Yes, and so I was like, yeah, my friend Lindsay's coming down. Yeah. Oh, my God. We <laughs> have Bunburied. <laughs> we have. We oh have Bunburied. We a- are Bunburious. That's it. <laughs> We wow. double bumbered. I just feel like I've changed my whole character. I need to reevaluate myself. <laughs> Listeners, now you know what kind of people we really are. <laughs> I don't know if I can as- associate with Bunburyers. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to kick us out. <laughs> this was so long ago. Yeah, yeah oh it was. My goodness. A, it was. In fact, this was be- before we started the book club. Yeah, so it would have been over ten a long years ago. Time yeah. ago. I just remembered that. <laughs> good one. That's and good. Did, yes. Some good hygiene. Yeah. Oscar Wilde would approve. I think so. <laughs> he would. <laughs> so, alrighty. Well, because, you know, short book. Short it's book. It's all good. Um, I was not expecting to have a self-revelation <laughs> on this episode, but here we are. Um, but did you ladies like the book? Yeah. I oh, think yeah. we all... <laughs> I love yeah. that question when it's really obvious. I know. Yes, yes. We all yes. really like the I book. I love this book. I really <laughs> do. Yeah. It's a good revisit. Like I'm yeah. glad I like I think I meant I think I meant to, but like other books, mm-hmm. you know. Um but maybe like we can revisit in like twenty years. There you go. <laughs> oh, all I wanna read Oops, now is just like clever British humor. So I know, right? So so the reread of D. H. Lawrence's Sons and Lovers is on pause then? Or <laughs> <laughs> I was I was, that was uh, a really long pause. That was ten it was dense. That was a it, dense it book. It was a dense book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. It's good, though. Read it. I remember liking it. No, I remember liking it. I just remember being dense. It is. It's a big one. <laughs> Maybe the poetry. Poetry. Well, start that poetry book club. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm there. working on it. 
<laughs> it's in the oh, works, no. guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy. It is. It's just such a fun play. Definitely, if you ever, listeners, if you ever get a chance, go see it. Because it is. It's just so much fun. It is. It is. So, well, and our next book on Eclectic Readers is The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders. So Very she excited. did All the Birds in the Sky. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is her second book. Um, it sounds super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this this book was not even in my library for ebook or audiobook. It's yeah. like, it's still pretty new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if... My county would be the kind of book for my county. <laughs> but also, I've uh, some article had come out recently talking about how libraries get their ebook, audiobook stuff in tour. Apparently, for a lot of their stuff, they don't release it to libraries for e and audiobooks until six months after it's been published. Oh. That's kind of cruddy. And, and this is a newish yeah. book, so yeah. yeah. No, this came out really recently. Yeah, so yeah. that's really cruddy. Yeah, isn't it? Like, come on, tour. Yeah, because I I haven't been able to find an ebook copy of it, but I'm on hold for my print copy at right. my library. So. Mm-hmm. That's probably why. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why, but you know, yeah. publishers do some. Things. They do. Weird things. You'd think they'd want us to read the book, right? <laughs> One would think. You think. Just say. Hmm. And like, you know, the times. We don't always have time or space for a paper book. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a great read anyway. I know. Right? Yeah, I'm looking to it. <laughs> Her first book was super great. Mm-hmm. All the Birds in the Sky. I cannot wait to read this yes. one. Yes. Oh! So, uh, <laughs> to wrap us up, uh, of course, as always, we have our show notes. You can find them at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 67. And, of course, you can always find us, uh, the ER podcast, at Goodreads and Litzy under Eclectic Readers and on Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. All right, ladies, where can everyone find you? Uh, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy under Duri Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Jeanette? You can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T Rivera. That's J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. And on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, and Goodreads under Mayor the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And you can find me on Goodreads and Twitter under my name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Also, remember to subscribe to your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other book lovers can find us. And... I think that's it, guys. So let's shelve this until next month. Bye. 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 Bye.